Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to this episode of the Mia's Mentorship Podcast. Today is a solo episode where I'm going to talk about the truth of many different aspects in the health industry. I got 10 topics on the list. I'm hoping I can get through them all in this podcast episode, and I will not have to do a part two. So let's get to it. So to start off strong, we are going to talk about the truth about short-term diets. We live in a microwave society, which means that we like quick fixes and instant gratification. So it's no surprise that short-term diets obviously captivate our attention since they typically promote rapid weight loss, stunning transformations, or a way to get the perfect body, you know? But the bad thing about short-term diets is that they are unsustainable. It's called short-term for a reason. It's not meant to do lifelong. And so they promise to shed pounds quickly, detar, cleanse your skin, cleanse your colon, clear your skin, all, all that stuff. And they're not sustainable. And so what happens is when you go on these diets, you typically just reverse back to how you were before you went on the diet. And with that being said, it typically involves extreme restrictions like eliminating entire food groups, severely restricting calories, things like that. And many short-term diets lack essential nutrients, vitamins, and minerals that you need to for your overall health. So by depriving your body of these vital elements, this can lead to fatigue, weakened immunity, and just other health issues. And also, when you drastically cut your calorie intake like many of these diets promote, your metabolism adapts by slowing down to conserve energy. And so as a result, your weight loss diminishes over time. And then when you return to your regular eating habits, you'll be more likely to regain the lost weight. Another thing is that these diets have an emotional toll on us. One number one would be frustration and failure. You struggle to adhere to the strict rules of the diet, and so then you'll feel frustrated and perceive yourself as a failure. And this, of course, can damage your self-esteem and your motivation. Number two is that it can often result in distorted body image because we make we put these unrealistic body standards as the end goal of the diet, right? And so this can be harmful and it can get you in a cycle of just seeking out one diet after the next in pursuit of this unattainable ideal. And so what we have to do is instead seek long-term sustainability, which I get into in other episodes. Okay, so number two is we are going to talk about the truth about calories. A lot of people have the misconception that calories are all created equal. But after all, a calorie isn't just a calorie. It's more complex with that. It goes beyond just the number you see on the label. So number one, I want to tell you what a calorie is. Calories are just a unit of energy. And they do matter when it comes to maintaining, losing, or gaining weight. But reducing the concept of calories to a simple math equation oversimplifies the story. 
So number one, there is quality versus quantity. This is not just about how many calories you consume, but the quality of those calories. So for example, a calorie from a nutrient-dense whole food like an apple is not the same as a calorie from a soda. You know, you can have 100 from an apple, 100 from a soda, but they're going to affect your body differently. They're processed differently, which also affects your hunger, your metabolism, and your overall health. Number two is the fiber factor. Fiber is a game changer in the calorie world. High fiber foods like whole grains and vegetables, they keep you fuller longer. And so if you have a high fiber meal versus a no fiber meal, then you're going to feel like you need to eat more calories after having the no fiber meal because you're not staying full. You know what I mean? Number three is protein powder. So calories from protein-rich foods come with a metabolic boost. The body expends more energy digesting and metabolizing protein, making it a weight management ally. Number four is the gut's role. Your gut microbiome plays a role in calorie extraction, so some gut bacteria can break down calories in unique ways, and then this affects calorie absorption and metabolism. Lastly, number five is the biggest one, the thermic effect on food. This reminds us that not all calories are processed the same way. So the number on the label might not actually be how much energy your body gets from that food. Like, for example, protein, um, this has a higher thermic effect on food, and so it burns more calories during digestion than, say, carbs or fats. And so, uh, hold on, I lost my train of thought. And so you want to look beyond the numbers. So next time you see the food, next time you see a food label with the calorie count, remember that the story is a lot more than just the number that you see. It's just a piece of the puzzle, but there's many other factors that go into it. Okay, the third thing we are going to discuss is the truth about detox diets. Detox diets promise many benefits, such as weight loss, better skin, more energy, and just like short-term diets, they often involve eating very little, cutting out certain food groups, or drinking specific drinks and supplements that are supposed to cleanse your body. But your body already has its own natural detoxification systems. Your body has your liver, your kidneys, your skin, your lungs, your digestive tract, and these all work together to get rid of the waste and products and toxins. So your liver breaks down and neutralizes harmful substances that enter your body, whether it's through food, air, water, and it turns these toxins into water-soluble compounds that can be removed from, removed from your body through urine or bile. The digestion and absorption is important because your body needs and prevents harmful substances from entering your bloodstream. So eating a healthy diet, rich in fiber, antioxidants, and essential nutrients help support these natural processes. And one thing that's often not talked about is that detox diets can actually be more harmful than helpful. So eating very little, for example, can deprive your body of important nutrients and energy, and detox diets can cause you to lose muscle, have nutrient imbalances, and even develop unhealthy eating habits. And then, like I said, just like the short-term diets, 
They make you feel good short term, but they don't last. They do not have long lasting health improvements. So instead of going with the detox diet, just make sure you're drinking water, eating a balanced diet and mostly whole foods, reducing toxins that you are, um, what's it called? Exposed to. And so this goes for like cleaning products, personal care items, food quality, things like that. And number four, make sure that you get enough sleep and manage stress. Okay. Fourth thing we're going to talk about is the truth about supplements. Dietary supplements are a big thing now, and there's this myth that everyone needs them. But realistically, you don't need supplements unless you have to make up for a dietary deficiency or you have some sort of medical condition. And I only um, recommend supplements to certain people in certain situations. You cannot, number one, I want to say that you cannot go based on what someone else is taking because we're all different. And so, Supplements, they promise to fill nutritional gaps, boost vitality, and address a range of health concerns. But the problem with this is that there is more risk with supplements because they're not tightly regulated. They lead... So since the supplement industry is not tightly regulated, it can lead to variations in product, quality, purity which means that they can contain contaminants, fillers, and incorrect dosages. And then this, of course, posts um, health risks. And then excessive supplementation can lead to imbalances, which interfere with nutrient absorption and even cause harm. So what you want to do instead, so if you are eating whole foods, then you do not have to worry about supplementing. If you are eating a diet that is rich in whole nutrient-dense foods, then you most likely do not need supplements. Um, The only things I do recommend would be protein powder, but again, very specific on the brand and what you get because there are, as mentioned, a lot of variations. So protein powder, if you just can't meet your protein intake, or creatine. And these are individual based on the person. So if you're interested, then talk with me and then we'll figure out um, if it's for you or not. And if you do opt for them, then select with select reputable brands that undergo third-party testing because this will test the quality and the purity. You also want to make sure it's transparent with the ingredients. If it's not transparent, they're probably adding something. So, yeah. Fifth thing we're going to talk about is the truth about our environment. If you think... That being overweight is 100% your fault. Know that it's not. If you live in America, Europe, Australia, or similar countries, then you live in a society where obesity is just a natural result of living in the environment around you. Or chronic disease, like not just obesity, but all chronic disease is just a natural result of living in the environment around you. So from fast food restaurants in every corner, plus the hidden sugars, oils, unhealthy fats, carbs and 80% of the foods at our grocery store, it's hard not to overeat unless you're taught how to integrate healthy habits into your daily routine. Now, this is an issue in our society that impacts not just our own health, but society and those around us. And with this, I want to kind of promote myself. I want to do my part by sharing the knowledge I've gained on how we can reverse the track America and these other countries are going on if obesity and chronic disease rates don't decrease. 
So I've made a course that teaches you how to do just this and you can get a taste of it for $7. Just go to meismentorship.com and you'll see it right there, right in front of your face and you can get it there. Okay, sixth thing we're going to talk about is the truth about exercising every day. Many people believe that it is necessary that we exercise every day, but this isn't true. We need our rest days. Rest and recovery are essential for your body to heal and grow stronger. Without it, you might get injured or burned out. Quality is more important than quantity, so a well-planned, intense workout two to four times a week is much better than a daily routine that lacks structure or variety. You also have to listen to your body. So some days you might need more rest, while other days you might feel energized and ready to push yourself. So you need to have some flexibility in your workout schedule. You also need to have a balanced approach. So this means doing a mix of cardiovascular exercises, strength training, flexibility, yoga type stuff, cardio, I already said cardio, but you gotta have a mix. All right, moving on. Sixth thing we're going to talk about, the truth about eating late at night. I'm sure you've all heard the old belief that that eating late at night leads to weight gain. Well, let's clear up this misconception right now. Weight management boils down to the balance between the calories you consume and the calories you burn throughout the day. So regardless of when you eat those calories, if you're burning more calories than you consume, you're going to lose weight. And also, your metabolism doesn't just stop when the sun goes down. Your body is constantly burning calories for your breathing, circulation, cell repair. So the rate at which you burn calories remains stable. doesn't matter the time. doesn't matter if it's 12 a.m. doesn't matter if it's 12 p.m. So what you need to do is instead of focusing on just the time when you eat. Now, now some people I would suggest against eating at night because of how they sleep or other, other factors in their life. But generally, like right now I'm just speaking on weight gain. It won't doesn't mean you're just automatically going to gain weight. So what you need to focus on is your caloric intake. So whether you have three big meals, six small meals, a late night snack, it's the over caloric intake that affects your weight. And like I previously said, people have different schedules, different lifestyles. So some people, they might naturally feel hungry in the evening. This can be due to work, personal commitments, preferences, their, their life, you know. And so it's important to listen to your body and what works for you. And again, um, if you feel hungry, and also see if you're actually hungry, because sometimes we'll often just emotionally or habitually eat at night. And so address the underlying factors. So, okay, am I actually hungry, or is it just 9 p.m., and this is when I usually eat when I'm watching TV? So keep that in mind as well. And if you do eat late at night, then opt for a healthy or a light snack, like piece of fruit, yogurt, handful of nuts, you know, so you don't feel too, um, so it's not hard for you to go to sleep and everything. Okay, the seventh thing we're going to talk about is the truth about gym memberships. Do you need one to get fit? The truth is you do not need a gym membership to get fit. You have the outdoors. You can run, hike, bike, swim, 
And so there are other ways to get your heart rate up, to build strength, and you can also enjoy the beauty outdoors. We also have home workouts. This is especially big because um, we have YouTube now. So you can do, by the way, exercises, resistance bands. If you want to go and buy like some dumbbells, you can use that. And so YouTube or different fitness apps are great ways to find workout routines. And if you have my course or work with me, then you have access to hundreds of workouts that you can do online and follow along with. Um, if you don't have a gym membership, you can do exercises like push-ups, squats, lunges, planks, burpees. So these kind of things can build strength, endurance, flexibility. And I feel like they're more practical too. Like these Mastering bodyweight exercises is such an important thing. So I'd honestly recommend doing that before working on all of these, like lifting super heavy weight in the gym. And um, number, whatever number I'm on, you can also join a fitness community. So like a sports league or dance class or a local fitness meetup. If you go to a church, they might have like a... Um, a Bible study group where you exercise and do Pilates or something fun like that. And so get involved with these things too. So you can enhance your fitness, also be social with others. It's, it's a, you know, hit two birds with one stone. And make sure that when you work out, it's about feeling good in your body, not conforming to societal standards. So you want to focus on your health, on your well-being, and finding activities that you actually enjoy rather than just like, oh, I need to do this. You know, like find things that you enjoy because then you'll be more motivated to stick with it long term. All right, eighth thing we're going to get into is the truth that health is not just diet and exercise. Health also involves our mental and emotional well-being, our social and relational health, our environmental and occupational factors, our sleep and our rest, and also our intellectual and personal growth. So I'm going to go a little deeper into each of these aspects. So our mental and emotional well-being. This is mindfulness, meditation, prayer, um, and addressing mental health concerns and maintaining emotional balance. So these are all big aspects of your overall health. Social and relational health. So this is having a sense of community. You know, you want to make sure that you are spending time with friends, having meals with friends and family. Don't be that one person who can never go out to eat with your friends and family because they doesn't, it's not up to par to what you eat. It's okay to chill, you know, keep that in mind when you're planning what you're going to eat throughout the week, you know. Environmental and occupational factors. So this is our access to clean air, water, nature, just normal things. Occupational, this is really important. So this would be job satisfaction, having a work-life balance. And obviously there are times in life where all these might not be, you know, 100%, but keep them in mind and try to get to a point to where you have a good balance in all these areas of life. Sleep and rest, this is very important for your emotional well-being, your physical health, especially if you weight train, for cog cognitive function, Sleep has a big impact on our brain, and that can affect your productivity, your, can affect your relationships, your career. So make sure that you're prioritizing sleep. And lastly, intellectual and personal growth. Growth. This is engaging in lifelong learning. So reading books, um, going to conferences, I don't know, like learning in different areas, talking to people, talking to people who are wiser than you, seeking mentorship. These kind of things are really good to have and our big aspect in our overall health. 
And lastly, I want to talk about the truth that weight does not equal health. So we live in a society that is focused on appearance, the belief that weight directly reflects our overall health. But this is not true. There's many other factors in measuring our health. Number one, there is understanding your body mass index. So this is um, used to categorize people based on weight, but it does not consider muscle mass, bone density, and other factors. So for example, an athlete or a muscular person, they may like technically be considered overweight or obese because of BMI um, category because of their BMI category, despite being fit and healthy, actually knew someone or know someone. And because of his muscle mass and his weight compared to the other factors, he is considered obese, but he's like super fit and healthy guy. Um, number two is body composition versus weight. So weight alone does not provide the complete picture of health. So body composition, which includes your muscle mass, your fat percentage, your bone density, your water content, these are more accurate indicators. So a person with a higher muscle mass and a lower body fat, they might weigh more, but be healthier than someone with a lower weight and a higher body fat percentage, if that makes sense. Number three is health at every size. So this is not determined by size. This is the idea that health is not determined by size or weight. So it encourages focusing on healthy behaviors like what you eat, your physical activity, your mental well-being, instead of obsessing over the scale. Number four is your metabolic health. So thin individuals can have metabolic issues, while those who are categorized as overweight or obese can have excellent metabolic health. And this just has to do with genetics, lifestyle, diet. They all play significant roles in your metabolic health. Number five is your mental health and your well-being. So this is just as important as physical health. So like stress, anxiety, depression, these have an impact on your well-being. And so full, solely focusing on weight can divert attention from addressing these mental health needs and um, self-care practices. And lastly, your lifestyle choices. So this is greatly influenced by your nutrition, your exercise, your sleep, your stress management, all the things I listed earlier. These all encompass a healthy lifestyle regardless of your weight. Okay, that is all that I have for y'all today. Thank you so much for listening. And if you are interested in working with me, then you can head to miasmentorship.com where you can find my courses or you can apply to work with me one-on-one for health and wellness coaching. You can also get more free content like this from Instagram where you can find me. My username is mias.mentorship. You can also find more about me and more free content on my website, my blog. So yeah, hope that y'all, y'all have a blessed day. Bye.